Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, across the globe, chief financial officers and their finance functions have been dealing with the question of sustainability for some time now. However, while the costs and regulatory burdens associated with addressing sustainability issues have been quite evident, the benefits of doing so have until recently been less quantifiable, many would say. Now, that has changed significantly, though, in the past few years, and especially in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. All of this as public awareness of the world's environmental, social and governance challenges has grown. I mean, think about it. How many minutes or hours can you go without hearing the term ESG, right? Bavik Vashi, Area Vice President Asia at Anaplan, joins us now to talk more about why Singapore CFOs, in fact, are most primed globally to lead ESG initiatives. Hi, Bavik. Thanks for joining us. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. So, Bavik, finance leaders have long possessed a broad skill set, and this extends far beyond balance sheet management. But tell us more about how the role of CFO has truly evolved in the last two years. Sure, I'd be happy to. I think the CFO uh, role is going through a bit of a transformation uh, at the moment, and I think it's driven uh, primarily by the fact that the way business is conducted is changing fundamentally. I think if we've learned anything over the last two years, it's, it's really that uh, there's a, a lot of volatility, a lot of unpredictability uh, overall in the, in the business environment right now, and things are changing faster than ever. And so what we're seeing is that businesses are shifting their focus away from trying to predict the future and rather focusing much more on being agile And when you think about being agile, it's really about bringing lots of different people together to make decisions very often. And uh, you think about the CFO role, they're in the perfect situation to be facilitators of that process, of the process of making decisions, changing the plans, changing the strategies, and then obviously measuring how effective those decisions are. So we're really seeing a shift in terms of the the chief financial officer in, in that way, more of a facilitator of decision-making rather than a controller of the financial uh, position of the company. Right. So in other words, evolving from keeper of the budget to a true strategic business partner. Right. Exactly. You mentioned something interesting that, you know, we have to stop predicting the future or trying to predict the future and instead be agile. Doesn't agility, though, also require a little bit of an anticipatory approach to the future? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when I think about predicting versus being agile, you're right. There's, a, there's, there's something in between, which I think is kind of planning. I think planning for, you know, three months out, six months out, and even a year out, is still something that every company must do even if the plans that are created as a result of the planning process end up going out the window because of a black swan event like COVID or because of a new war or a new um, you know, trade agreement or something like that. And so that process of planning is still very important. I think it's the time horizons against which you plan, which are changing significantly. They're becoming shorter uh, and you're doing it more often. So that process is much more iterative. Mm. It's happening, you know, rather than once a year, it's happening quarterly, monthly, and in many businesses, it's really weekly and daily. 
Now, you guys did some research with Deloitte, and according to your findings, Singapore CFOs, in fact, are the most primed to take the reins of their organization's sustainability and ESG initiatives in general. Explain this to us, because I'm seeing a lot of organizations merely hiring or appointing chief sustainability officers and leaving it all to them. How should CFOs be getting involved here? Yeah, I think the role of the CFO, and it's interesting you say that the, the point about chief sustainability officers, we have a, a few customers where we work with where the CFO is also the chief sustainability officer. So yeah. I think it's very interesting mm. um, how those roles are being combined. But to, to answer your question, I think the CFOs are in a position where the ESG is a critical um, measurement of success for companies now. And because of that, uh, CFOs are at the heart of it because ESG issues fundamentally create a series of new business risks and opportunities that CFOs, as custodians of the financial position of a company, they need to grapple with it. And, and secondly, there are also issues related to, for example, the cost or um, sources of capital that um, directly impact the CFO's role with the company, right? So as, as we see investors uh, shareholders increasingly rewarding companies that are pivoting in a to more sustainable business models, whatever that means in a particular context. I think the CFOs are going to experience a change in their cost of capital, and therefore it makes sense for them to really be driving a company's ESG position. And and people have to remember ESG. I think you know naturally we think more on the environmental side, right? Mm. We think about you know um, climate change, carbon emissions. But ESG, the S and the G are social and governance. Governance, and so right. Those are also very naturally, you know, in the, in the CFO realm when you think of the audit committee structure or the board composition and things of that. Uh, so that governance element is very heavy from the CFO as well. See, all of that makes sense. But are CFOs embracing this paradigm? Some studies show that they tend to undervalue their role in ESG efforts. What have you found? Yeah, you know, that's, that is true. Um, and I think our, our research found that as well. Um, if you think about the research that we, we published with Deloitte, for example, um, we did see that CFOs in many ways are undervaluing the impact that they have. And um, that's, that's very interesting. And I think that they probably you know, need to change and realize that they are going to be owning it. Um, they're very well poised to drive ESG success. Um, and if you think about really kind of why that is, again, sustainability is a mega trend that's changing the way we think about business and it create, it's creating new opportunities and new jobs. And I think that was in, in a, a recent study by the Institute of uh, Singapore Chartered Accountants as well. So accountancy and finance professionals are going to see greater demands for regulatory compliance, whether it's sustainability reporting, disclosures, or even needing to identify sustainability risks and opportunities for businesses. So it's time, you know, to step into this role because it's really being thrust upon them. Mm. So how are you helping CFOs deliver on their strategic objectives? Yeah, so I think Anaplan, um, the, the, the platform, uh, we're well positioned to support CFOs on this because many CFOs are already using um, systems like ours to run their financial planning and budgeting processes. And they're also using it across the business, whether it's in sales, supply chain, marketing operations. And the advantage that gives us uh, in terms of partnering with CFOs uh, as a strategic business partner is we already have all of the data that you need to bring into decision making. 
And so now it's about layering in this new lens. Traditionally, companies have operated for profit. It was kind of the, the business school 101 definition, right? Companies mm. operate for profit. But nowadays, I think there are really two uh, metrics that are being looked at um, or that should be looked at side by side, which is what's the profitability impact of this decision, but also what is the environmental and overall ESG impact of this decision. And sometimes they're not going to lead you to the same decision. The, the uh, decision that gives you the most profit may be the worst for the environment. Yeah. And the decision that's best for the environment may give you the worst profit. And so you may end up picking some, something in the middle because it balances these two uh, critical components. And I think that's a, that's a whole new paradigm for decision-making. So we feel that we can really help companies by having all of the data necessary to run those kinds of what-if scenario modeling uh, decisions. And, you know, actually, Bhavik, let's face it, it's not just the CFO job that needs to have an ESG layer. All jobs should right. at this point, right? Whether you are the yeah, CTO or the CIO or the CFO, you need to have knowledge and skills that are ESG-based. You're 100% right. I mean, for any, you know, any senior leader or really what we say, any decision maker in your company um, is now going to have to get educated on ESG. And it is, and it's, and it's very new. There are a lot of topics in here. You think about energy efficiency, uh, waste management, when you think about environmental. On the social side, you know, there are things that traditionally people said, well, that's HR's job. Now it's everybody's job to make sure that there's diversity uh, and inclusion and equity amongst employees, right? And so there's a lot of education and enablement that needs to happen for modern business leaders as well. It's almost, you know, part of the core curriculum now that if you want to be a leader at a company, regardless of which department you work in, you're going to need to know how to layer in ESG as a guiding principle for the decisions you make. In this regard, Bavik, much has been said recently about Singapore needing to compete more fiercely to attract the best global talent to its shores. And this includes C-suite personnel. But the question is, what about Singaporean talent? While we have introduced, for example, the Overseas Networks and Expertise Pass and other initiatives to attract top talent, we have to remember in Singapore, we have a world-class education system, right? Don't we have local talent that can be groomed in this space? Your thoughts? on this certainly i mean I, i'm i'm constantly impressed with the caliber the quality the quantity and the caliber of talent in singapore and i think you hit it right on the nail which is it really comes back to education and preparation so the more that we can start to uh, imbibe some of these concepts environmental social and governance related into the education system both you know in, when you think about primary secondary but re- realistically more at the university level when people really start to specialize and start to understand, uh, you know, what they want to do in their lives, those, those individuals, that talent will now have a competitive advantage going forward as they join companies that are also looking to align their strategies in a more, um, you know, uh, ESG friendly way. And I think that's where we, you know, talent from Singapore can be differentiated. Um, especially if you think about the population of Singapore, it is uh, easier to have some of these new programs uh, to pivot the curriculum slightly and to be able to make a much faster impact for the next graduating class. I think it's a huge opportunity for Singapore and one that I I, I truly hope uh, it's able to take advantage of. 
And of course, while we do that, we're also looking for the best global talent, as all countries do. So how can Singapore attract these, in yeah. your view, and ensure that there is also skills and knowledge transfer to locals in the medium to long term? Yeah, well, you know, I think, first of all, I have to say, I think Singapore does a fantastic job already. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an absolutely wonderful place to live um, as somebody who uh, had the opportunity to migrate to Singapore and become a permanent resident here um, and now call this my home, it was, it was a seamless transition coming from, you know, the States in my example. And I know many other uh, foreign individuals who have come to Singapore to work and then adopted it as its home. And now we become kind of more permanent uh, fixtures uh, in, the, in the local economy as well. So I think, you know, in many ways, Singapore is already a leader in attracting uh, global talent, if, I, if I'm being honest. And I do think that if you think about some of the geopolitical things happening in the Asia region overall, it's a, it's a great opportunity to continue to strengthen the leadership position because there will be um, a lot of foreign talent that's moving around even within the Asia-Pacific region. And I see no reason why Singapore can't become the preeminent place uh, for any uh, global talent to come and kind of uh, contribute uh, not only to Singapore, but to the overall global economy based out of Singapore in a very meaningful way. Mm. And of course, develop both global and local talent as well. Thank you very much for that, Bhavik. Bhavik Vashi, Area Vice President Asia at Anaplan. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. You have a great day ahead. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.